You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.Church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at Winsboro.Church. Over the past weeks, I have, well, I've taken some swings at some of our hands. Some of the things that we hold on to so tightly out of our traditions or out of our preferences we even some things that are biblical, and yet we've let them swell and become bigger than what God intended, or just become something that detracts from the pure saving grace of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't need any help in His saving work. He calls us to partner with Him in His saving work and to submit ourselves to His saving work, but Jesus doesn't need us to build anything to help and so we've crumbled some things. We, we, we've taken some, some pretty big wax at it. Because I think sometimes we do. And so what's left? Oh, we don't, what big topic are you going to cover today? Well, I'm actually going to take a break from our church issues, so to speak, or the things that are traditions in our congregations and in our movement as churches of Christ. And we've, we've done some damage. And think, well, what's left? Well, there's, there's some stuff left. we still got work to do. But what I want to look at today is the heart of the problem, the root of the problem. You see, the problem really isn't with the end at all. The problem is with what's left. Jesus and me. See, the whole problem with the end is the me behind it. I made the end. I built the end. I thought it was so special. I thought that it was so much what God wanted when God told me what He wanted. God told me what He was going to do. God told me who He was going to use. And it's all about Jesus. And so my ideas and my thoughts or my traditions or restrictions or practices are just that. They're just mine. And so the root of the problem isn't really the end at all. And the ends we've made, the problem is the us who have made them. The problem is Jesus and me. So what are you saying, Colby? You're saying that I need to leave Jesus, that I'm the problem and that Jesus doesn't want me? Oh, no, He wants you. And He wants to work through you. But He also wants you to get out of the way. In the video kind of teaser that KT made for this whole month, for this whole uh, section of videos, the one that showed me pouring the concrete and making the end that I've subsequently destroyed. He uses a, a line. He says, you've heard the phrase, you make a better door than a window. And as me, full of me, I make a better door than a window. I'm turning the wrong way. I make a better door than a window. I, I don't want to block people's view of Jesus. And what Jesus said, says to us is, oh, Colby, you don't have to get out of the way. You don't have to step off camera. You don't have to be out of the frame. Just become a window. How do we become a window? By getting rid of what's in here, all the Colby that I've got, and being filled with the Spirit. And that is where Paul goes in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. 
But I say live by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So Paul sets two things in contrast here. Flesh and Spirit. Spirit is from God. Spirit is from Christ. Spirit is the Holy Spirit that is supposed to dwell within the Christian. That is supposed to fill us up and we're not to quench it. The Spirit that saves, the Spirit that seals us for our salvation and marks us and guides us and empowers us to carry out God's work. I mean, Christianity is all about being remade. And we are remade in the Spirit of God. But in order to be remade, we've got to get rid of the flesh. We've got to get rid of the ends that we collectively put together, but the only reason we put together ends is because of our fleshly desires, first and foremost, pride. That there's, and when I say flesh, whenever Paul talks about flesh, he's not talking about your skin or any of your tissue, or your physical body per se. It's connected. What he's talking about is the part that is inside of us that was inside of Adam and Eve. That part in Eve, especially whenever the uh, serpent tempted Eve and said, look how good that fruit is. And she goes, oh yeah, it is good. And that fruit can make you wise. That fruit can make you like God. Now that was a lie. It actually separated us from God. But she saw that and she wanted it because it gratified something inside of her. It gratified something that yearned inside of her to be more than what she is and to think that, okay, things should come to me and I should be satisfied and I should be happy and I should be about me, me, me. That's what Paul means by the flesh. That part of us that craves temporary and immediate satisfaction. The part of us that wants to take shortcuts to accomplish what really is God's work to do. The, the part of us that wants it to be about us and for us and by us. That's the flesh. And Paul says that the flesh is diametrically opposed to the spirit. That they war, they fight. That they can't be in the same place. Those strong desires of us do battle against the simple will and the following and the submission to and surrender to well, Jesus. The thing that saves us. The one that saves us. The one on whom we stand. The flesh keeps getting in the way. And sometimes the building ends, but sometimes it's just us. Verse 17. For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the spirit, and the spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh. For these are in opposition to each other, so that you cannot do what you want. If I want to do what I want, well, that's the flesh, but it's not what's supposed to be driving us. The flesh isn't supposed to be controlling us and determining our actions and either building ends or leading us down the wrong path with consequences and ultimately destruction. 
Paul would say that the very same thing that built the and is the things that lead to the works of the flesh, verse 19, sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish rivalries, dissensions, factions, envying, murder, drunkenness, carousing, and the like, and similar things. Those things come out of the flesh. Those things come out of an obsession with ourselves. And it's the very same thing that would even lead us religious people to build ands because we're still doing it out of ourselves and for ourselves, thinking that we need to do something, that we need to be satisfied, rather than just trusting in Jesus, we're inserting ourselves, our flesh, into really what should be simply the work of God. Let me use a toaster as an example. You buy a toaster, and before, you know, a few generations ago when the toaster broke, what'd you do? Well, you either took it back into the shop or took it to a handyman or went to somebody who could repair your toaster. And he would fix up your toaster and you would pay him and you'd take your toaster back home and it'd last another several years until it broke again, then you'd go have it fixed again. Now, the company that makes the toaster doesn't want that to happen. The company that makes the toaster wants you to buy a new toaster. And so the toasters have become cheaper and they break faster, but they are of such cost and inexpensive cost that rather than going to get it repaired, it's kind of useless and nobody does that anymore anyway because it's just as cheap or cheaper and easier to just go buy a new one. Therefore, the toaster company stays in business, not the repairman. Now, this has been going a lot with you know, cars. A lot of industries have made where you don't fix things anymore, you just replace them. And if you do fix them, it's an exorbitant amount of money because they're so complicated or so put together with parts that can't easily be replaced. And really, the flesh works the same way. The flesh creates its own problems. I think about it this way. Bureaucratic red tape. Somebody breaks a rule. Somebody makes a mistake. Somebody does something that shouldn't be done. And our response, response of government entities is, oh, well, let's make a rule to keep somebody from doing that again. And then they add that rule. And so what caused the breaking of the first point in the first place? Well, the reason why somebody broke the rule is because they have the flesh. And then the response of, well, let's make a rule to fix that that also comes from the flesh. It's actually putting another problem on top of a problem. And after a while, there's more red tape and more rules get added. And then suddenly you can't even do what the whole rule was intended to help accomplish in the first place. Because it's so beleaguered with, well, ands, with the things that we would add, that we've defeated the purpose. 
And the problem is not just the ends of the rules, the problem is me. The problem is my flesh. Both my desire to get away with something I want to get away with. Both my des and my desire to impose and restrict and build walls and make boundaries that are just of my doing because they make me feel better. They make me feel comfortable because then it keeps other people from making mistakes I don't want them to make. And it's just a vicious cycle, just like that toaster. It's a vicious cycle. Or just keep adding more to it. Keep adding red tape. Just keep on. And one end goes down, let's build another to replace it. They're cheap and easy. And yet the tearing down is what we need. We, our flesh keeps building up. And so that's the part we have to take care of. Tearing down the ends isn't enough. We need to take care of the flesh. Well, how do we take care of this flesh? How do we get out of the way? How do we get rid of this part in us that wants to be satisfied, that wants to be built up, that wants to be patted on the back, that wants to know how good we are? It's full of pride and selfishness and that come to look down on others and regard them as less important because it's all about me, me, me. <laughs> All this is tied together. How do we get rid of that? Well, Paul's solution is not to build more ends or build more walls or make more rules. That's actually self-defeating. His solution? Walk with the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit. Whenever we are filled with the Spirit, when the Spirit is flowing through our veins, so to speak, when it's the Spirit inside of us, you know what we do? We don't build ends. We don't look for workarounds or ways to get around the rules or the ends. The Spirit simply produces the character of God, well, and of Jesus Himself. The Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When the Spirit is within us, when we are walking by the Spirit and living by the Spirit, those things happen because the Spirit is within us. And we don't need extra rules to keep us in place because the Spirit is keeping us in place, keeping us in step with Jesus. I don't need to build a boundary around Jesus to keep people close to Jesus. This is something the Pharisees did that Jesus opposed them about. Because there were rules about being close to God that the Israelites had. Some of the Old Testament law, like circumcision, that Paul is dealing with here in Galatians. And well, all right, here's the rule. Well, let's build extra walls just a little bit inside. That way you can't even get close to the outside walls. And then let's build walls inside of those. And so eventually, the building of walls, again, more red tape, which in theory was supposed to help people, ended up hurting them because 
Eventually, they couldn't even get to God in the, at all. There were too many walls. Walls that were intended to keep people in were actually keeping them out. So I don't need to build walls to keep people close to Jesus. I just need to get close to Jesus. And the closer I get, the more I follow Him. I step and keep in step with the Spirit. That's what following Jesus is all about, is walking where He walks, going where He goes. And whenever we do that, His Spirit becomes our Spirit. So back to that first line, you make a better door than a window. Jesus says, um, you don't have to get out of the way, just become a window. Let people see me through you. I don't want to stand here and obstruct people's vision of Jesus. I actually want to live in such a way that when you look at me, you see bits and pieces of Jesus shining through. That's our job as the church. That, that, that's our calling. To be Jesus. To make disciples of Jesus. To be followers of Jesus who then encourage others to follow Jesus. Because when they look at us, when they see us, when they hear us, when we give them the message of Jesus, it's visit the fruit of the Spirit within us. The fruit of Jesus within us is shining through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are pockets of transparency that should be growing and my flesh shrinking. So I, the older I get in my Christian walk, the less Colby there is and the more Jesus there is. That way it's not Jesus and me, it's Jesus in me. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, in Scripture, is out of the book of Galatians. It was back in chapter 2. We didn't cover it several weeks ago when we were in chapter 2, but I love that verse. And we sing the song. I say it's how I know it is the song. I've been crucified with Christ. This is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So I've died with Christ. Jesus was crucified and died on the cross. I die. My flesh dies. That the parts of me that are corrupt, broken, selfish, parts of me that cause problems, which is a lot of me, they're dying. They are dead. They've been put to death. I've been crucified with Christ, but I still live. Nevertheless, I live. Even though I put to death me, even though I put to death Colby, I live. But the life I live, in the flesh, in this flesh, is no longer for the flesh, or to the flesh, or you know, to satisfy the cravings of the flesh, to do the works of the flesh, now, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. 
I live by faith. I walk. I stand upon. I rest securely on the foundation of Jesus, thereby becoming more like Jesus, thereby showing the world around me Jesus, thereby not needing to get out of the way anymore. If I'm standing up here, where an and would be, just making myself basically another and, because my flesh and my desires and my preferences are in the way, we haven't solved any problems by breaking some rock. But if I take what's in me and I hang it up there on that cross and I say, God, help me put it to death. Not my physical life. It keeps going. But so that the life I do live, I can live on Jesus and with Jesus in me. And if I do that, and this notion of, and the pressure of, oh, I've got to be right, I've got to be good enough, that goes away because simply, well, I'm just becoming more like Jesus. And that's what Jesus asks. Really, the command of Jesus hasn't changed from those many years ago whenever he was standing beside the Sea of Galilee and he looked at Simon Peter and his brother Andrew and James and John out in their fishing boats. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. You know what they did? They left everything behind. Our job now, leave everything behind, especially me. My flesh, my desires, my cravings, my urgings, my, my preferences, my pride. Leave that behind. Just do what Peter Andrew, James, and John did. Just follow and let the Spirit do His work. My goal, and when people look at me, they don't see me. They don't see my hands, that's for sure. They see Jesus, and I want that to be the goal of our church. And when people look at our church, the church here at Winsboro Church of Christ, whenever they see Winsboro Church of Christ, and they come in, they see our building, they see our stage, they see the crazy things Colby's doing up on stage, that they participate in our worship, or maybe just see you out on the street because you are the church, not this building. You are the church. And when they say you, they see the church. And when they see us, they don't see the things that we try to add or that we think are so important because we think are so important. They just see Jesus. And then we're doing the work Jesus called us to do. Make disciples, make followers, teaching them, baptizing them and teaching them everything I've commanded you. That's our task. I hope we get rid of us and become filled with the Spirit so that we can live up to that task.